Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sports Radio FNZ. Keep the feedback coming. We'd love to hear from you, especially on a big day like this when the Hornets, for the first time in 21 stinking years, actually move up in the draft lottery to number three. You know we are going to get back into that big time. 840, Devontae Graham, the man who brought that pick home for us, was the lucky charm. Uh, he joins us coming up in about 42 minutes or so, so stay tuned for that. Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ, delivered by Bojangles. And remember that Radio.com app. You want to rewind back, like, for example, if you missed it getting a little heated last segment in here, all right, you want to hear it, you want to hear the tension, um, you can uh, rewind back. Rewind back a segment and check it out. You never have to miss any of the Mac Attack or anything on WFNZ with the Radio.com app and the rewind feature. It is beautiful. It's beautiful to hear Matt getting mad at me here on FNZ. Sports yeah, Radio FNZ. I can hear my blood the, pressure go up to unhealthy levels. <laughs> the Charlotte Comfort System's temperature right now in the, in the studio is 150 degrees. Outside, 72 degrees. Charlotte Comfort Systems has six months, no payments, no interest available. Check them out, charlottecomfortsystems.com. All right, good job, Boney. All right, so we're going to talk – this next half hour or so, we're definitely going to talk some Carolina Panthers as they continue through training camp – uh, and, uh, you know, sprinkle a little news in here, too, uh, of stuff from camp yesterday. But we got to have some conversation with somebody who played the game, was in the trenches, has been through camps, although not a camp like this. Um, and we're talking about Frank Garcia, former Panther lineman, and uh, my nemesis oh. yesterday on Twitter in an argument about something Matt Rule is doing in practice. So we're certainly going to get into that. Frank, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much, man, but uh, I'll tell you what, if the camps were like this when I played, I'd probably get another three, four years, at least stole a couple more. All the virtual, <laughs> that is true, all the virtual stuff. Now, here's, let me ask you this. Do you think, okay, so do you think it's a good thing, the lack of wear and tear on them, or do you think they're going to get the first couple weeks into the games without preseason and, and there's going to be injuries, you know, soft tissue injuries and stuff because of this? What do you think, is it good or bad for players? You know, I think there's a necessary evil to training camp, um, you know, with all the, the, the pounding that your body takes, you know, getting ready for an NFL season. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, the pain threshold alone, it's like you have to build up to it. You know, could you imagine being a boxer going into a fight 
not having trained or taken any body blows and just going out there and trying to fight the first time he gets punched in the gut, he's going to, he's going to hunch over and, and, you know, fall down to the ground. So, um, you know, there's a necessary evil. I don't know how much that time is. I thought the training camps were a little too long, a little monotonous, but I think that, uh, you know, you, you do need some of that, that physical, this uh, when getting ready for a football season. Yeah. yeah. We're talking to Frank Garcia, former Carolina Panther and FNZ host here on Sports Radio FNZ. Frank Mack uh, alluded to you fighting with him on Twitter yesterday. You guys going back and forth. And that was uh, in regards to Matt Rule's comments that they may use Christian McCaffrey as a punt returner. You think it's a good idea, right? So explain why you think McCaffrey should be using that role. Well, I think depending on the situation, I think Mac and I both came to an agreement after we kind of hashed it out a little bit. Uh, I don't think you should be back there every day. That's not what Mac said this morning when he's complaining. <laughs> well, Mac, Mac, Mac tends to fabricate, you know, like most women do. But um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Why are you gosh. laughing, Bone? Don't be laughing over there. Uh, All right. Watch yourself there, Frankie. Watch yourself. I, right. I think I Chris think <laughs> McCaffrey makes a lot of sense, um, you know, as Steve Smith did you know, when he played in the NFL, you know, to put back there. Now, I think that you know, towards the end of your career, uh, you don't want to have those extra those extra touches and you want to mitigate those. But, you know, when you're a young player, you go out there and, you know, it's another play, it's another football play. We don't realize how many times, you know, one play can change a game. And that's just as important as a play as touching the ball in the backfield where he's going to get hit, you know, running the football. It's just him catching it and making a play. So, um, you know, whether you want to, you know, kind of uh, optimize his plays and maximize his ability. You know, you can do that in different ways. And, you know, there's times and games when he could do that. But in order to do that, you have to be prepared to do that. And that's the reason why Rule is, you know, having the, you know, ideas that he's having. It yeah. makes a lot of in, sense to put him back there. In fairness to Matt Rule, um, by the way, Frank Garcia with his former Carolina Panther. In fairness to Matt Rule, like he was asked a second question about it, Frank, and he kind of downplayed it, you know, situational we got someone backed up or we need a play here. Or, you know what I mean? So it doesn't sound like it. Like Farrell Cooper is a former Pro Bowl return man. It, it doesn't sound like McCaffrey or DJ Moore would do it often. But to me, I'm just kind of going into this season, Frank. And you tell me if this is an incorrect way to look at it. Like, I just look at it as we're starting a rebuild. We signed Christian McCaffrey to the biggest running back deal ever. What I want to do is make sure that in year three or four, when hopefully the rebuild is coming to fruition and we're a playoff contender, I want to make sure Christian McCaffrey still has tread. So we're still getting our $16 million a year. So to me, I kind of want Matt Rule to find ways in the next year to cut down on his touches and not add touches. Do you think that's a wrong way of looking at it? I do because, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that have gone 3-13 and one year and 13-3 and the next. Uh, with the parity that's existed in leagues, tell me when that's going to be. If we could sit and build a formula and a perfect model of this year is going to be this, and we're going to get a little bit better here, a little bit better here, obviously you're going to build up to that, but you're continuously building to that expectation. So when is that going to be? If we sit there and say year three or year four, what happens in year four if Chris McCaffrey goes out there and gets injured? You know, then 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 all the things that you've talked about are, are to nuts. You have to utilize a player to the best of their ability when they have their ability in order to be successful and try to surround them as best you can with free agency and the draft to go out there and build a winning team. You can't go out there and prepare for year three or year four. That's when you get fired in this league. You have to try to win each and every day, each and every play, and that's the way organizations are built. If you have a young quarterback, obviously you're going to, you're going to wean him along 
you're going to give him the pacifier. You're going to take him off the pacifier. You're going to let him go to the next level. You're going to give him a little bit more responsibilities, and you do that with individual players. But when you have your star and he's at his prime, use him to the best of his ability. I don't think you overuse him, but you have to go out there and use him. That's why you're paying him. We're talking to Frank Garcia here on the Tendecom Hotline on Sports Radio FNZ. For the record, I think Mac is right in the argument yesterday. I don't think you use McCaffrey as oh, you're the return in trouble man. Now, Bo. But I, my question for you, Frank, is why would you not use Curtis Samuel as a punt returner to get the ball in his hands more? Because I can't trust Curtis Samuel to catch a pass out of the backfield yet. I mean, he hasn't shown me anything that is going to be reliable in a big-time situation that I'm going to put him back there. If he goes out there and starts making plays and uh, you know starts getting some confidence and I can start having some trust in him to do those things, then, yeah, that's something that uh, uh, you know I would be willing to experiment with. But Chris McCaffrey has showed me that he doesn't drop balls, that he's going to be reliable in a big-time situation. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about here towards the end of the game, putting McCaffrey back there because you need a play. Yeah, you need to get some field position. You need to get out of a tough situation, or you need to, you know, put the hammer down on somebody. I'm going to put McCaffrey back there and catch. First off, he's going to catch the ball, and secondly, he might be able to make something happen after he does. We got to follow up on this Samuel thing with you because Frank, we've had a couple of knockdown dragout sessions in the studio over Curtis Samuel, and whether or not Preppy has said multiple times he thinks Curtis Samuel is a bust. He thinks it's that simple. He was a high second round pick. And I still am holding out hope that in a Joe Brady offense with better quarterback play that we can see Curtis Samuel start to to get to that potential that he has physically. What side do you do you still have hope for Samuel or are you at the point where you're like, man, that guy is not ever going to live up to, to the 40th pick in the draft? The reason why Curtis Samuel is still on this football team is because he has excellent ability. Right. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, that. You can't bring the ability and the want to out of somebody. I'm not saying he doesn't want to. And I don't know if it's the fact that he hasn't been utilized properly or effectively in in situations. But from what I've seen on film and the way that he's played the game, he's not a physical guy. He gets pushed around. Uh, If he doesn't have space, he's not going to create. And I can say that about probably 80% of players in the league. Sometimes you have to win one-on-one battles. All the time you have to win one-on-one battles consistently. And that's what I'm talking about with being reliable. I can't look at a guy and call his number if I don't expect him to win. The reason why Moose Muhammad, Moose Muhammad is not the most athletically gifted guy in the world, but the reason why I look to Moose Muhammad when uh, it's a big-time third-down situation because I know that he's going to do whatever it takes to win his one-on-one battle. Yes. And that's what you need in order to be successful. Those guys have to do it consistently in big-time plays. This game is, uh, we all look at it as a team game, but it's an individual one-on-one battle each and every play, whether it's the offensive line or defensive line, whether it's a cornerback versus a wide receiver. You have to win those consistently in order to be successful. And if you don't, I can't trust you or rely. He's on preppy side. He's on. Hey, he's, he's thrown in the towel on Samuel. Hey, hey Moose, it's T-Bone. Yeah, Frank's on right now. Said you're not athletically gifted. Yeah, Frank Garcia. Okay. <laughs> I would never rat you out, Frank. I would never rat you out to Moose like that. Oh, man, I wish Moose could get on here with an Armani uh, suit and stroll into the studio right now and go at it with Frank like the old days. We're talking to Frank Garcia, Sports Radio FNZ. Frank, one last question from me here. We just had Joe Theismann on last hour. He says he thinks that Teddy Bridgewater can be a franchise guy for five or six years here in Carolina. Do you feel that way, or is Joe wrong in his assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, this the team has done a better job of surrounding, when Cam was here, uh, him with some talent. And it starts with Christian McCaffrey. Um, 
you know, he's not a great player. He's a good player. Great players have the ability to make other players better. And ultimately, if you're going to win Super Bowls, you have to have great players in a lot of them. Um, if you're going to be consistent, you have to have a lot of great players that are playing at their, their peak. And uh, I think the Panthers have some really good pieces. I don't know if they have a great player other than Christian McCaffrey on this offense or um, you know, even on the defense right now. They're going to establish themselves. K.K. Short is probably the most established on defense as a uh, above-average player. He's not, I wouldn't call him great. I wouldn't call him a franchise guy. I wouldn't call him an Aaron Donald type of player. But he's a guy that shows consistency when healthy. Um, you know, other guys have to step up. Chris McCaffrey is a great player. He's going to make other guys around him better. He's going to make the defense be prepared to where he's at each and every play, and that takes pressure off of somebody else. The offensive line doesn't have, you know, that, that Tony Baselli, that Orlando Pace. They don't have that Jonathan Ogden type of guy to run behind in, 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 in third and one situations. They have to do it collectively. Chris McCaffrey can help you alleviate some of that um, I'm not sure I'd say the same thing about Teddy Bridgewater. What do you, last thing I want to ask you about, Frank, because you played you know, in the trenches on the line. Do you honestly think there's any chance that the Panthers have the guy on this roster, Okung or Little, that is the starting left tackle, say, in 2022? Or, 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 do we, or are we going to need one in a year or two here? I think we have a bunch of um, hardworking, overachieving offensive linemen right now that uh, John Masco has tried to really, you know, build and, and to make something great. I know he's no longer here, um, but that's going to be the biggest challenge right now um, is, like I said, you know, you, you look at the Colts. They have, um, you know, their left guard, Neil. Um, you know, he's a guy that you're going to be reliable. He's going to be a pro bowler. You can't look on this offensive line and say this guy's a pro, pro bowler consistently. Trey Turner is probably the closest one, but he's not a dominant player. He's a good player. He's not going to make everybody around you better. He's a guy that's going to win a lot of his one-on-one battles. He has that nastiness. He has that tenacity you're looking for. But when you start looking at left tackles, you need a freakish type of athlete to go out there and match the speed rush that you're going to get on the other side. And, you know, when you look at the Panthers' offensive tackles right now, I just don't see that guy. Little could could have maybe a little bit more potential long-term, but, Hell, you, you hit him. You hit him once or twice, and he's like Glass Joe. He's going to fall apart. That's what he's shown so far. So uh, you can't make the club in the tub. You're not going to make the team any better when you're on the sideline. <laughs> so um, you, you, you got to go out there and find that guy that's going to be consistent, reliable. That's going to be there down in and down out. And Little is a second round pick, man. And I, you're not the only one saying this stuff. I'm hearing from people over there in that building that are just there's 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 worries that he could be a bust himself all right frank we appreciate it a couple of those cheap shots we will uh we will file those away frank i know you're very scared but we will file those away be good brother we'll talk ball with you soon man thank you ladies all right there you go that is that's the old jay billis sign off there isn't it, it is. ladies all right a couple of things here because i do want to get back into the draft because we got to talk about there's two players that i noticed keep coming up on the text that i want to talk about that that people are keep mentioning uh, as far as the Hornets draft go, and Devontae Graham's going to join us at 840. You and I agree, though, on the McCaffrey thing. Like, we may have gotten into a little tiff phone, a little spat on the draft stuff. But the McCaffrey thing, like, I think you and I are thinking the same way. Like, if you do anything, limit his touches. Let's be patient. Let's make sure he has tread at the end of that contract. That's not, you don't need to even worry. I know it's a minor thing with him taking reps at punt return. Yeah. But one punt return for him is too many as far as I'm concerned. Especially just when is, man. one of the strengths of the T-Mac is how many weapons they have. 
You've got Curtis Samuel. You've got Pharaoh Cooper, who's a Pro Bowl. Yeah, put him back there, and that's it. Heck, there's more. I'd I'd rather see Robbie Anderson back there catching punts than McCaffrey. Of all the guys on the team that shouldn't be catching punts, is Christian McCaffrey, for crying out loud. Heck, Dante Jackson's a better option, in my opinion, than Christian McCaffrey because of McCaffrey's value to the team as a whole. By the way... Just throwing out other guys that could catch punch, catch catch punts back there. No doubt. And I'm with you on Samuel. That's a guy that needs more touches. McCaffrey had four to three touches last year. He needs less, Boney. Needs less. We just talked Panthers return options up next. We dive back into Hornets draft return options. You're listening to Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. A young guy who is a difference maker. And that sounds generic, but really, I don't know how many teams in the league um, have less of a number one option than they do. And that is no knock on Devontae Graham or P.J. Washington, who are clearly their two best young players and are clearly NBA starter quality players. But... I mean, Nick, I I say this all the time. I just don't see anybody on this roster right now who you could say with great confidence is the best player on a team who gets to the second or third round of the playoffs. That is Rick Bunnell from the Charlotte Observer. Talk with Nick Wilson and Josh Parcell yesterday on Sports Radio FNZ. We're back, Mac and Bone, on Sports Radio FNZ, delivered by Bojangles, talking about the fact that something happened that is not happening very often here. <laughs> I think the fourth time overall in the history of NBA basketball in Charlotte, we've moved up in the lottery the first time in 21 years. We move up to number three in the lottery. And I feel like the guy he is describing is Anthony Edwards. Now, a lot of people seem to agree with the bone man. Don't even like some guy said something, Mac, hold on to your britches. You're not getting Edwards or something. Some goofy saying or whatever. Um, maybe we're not. Maybe we're not. But the guy that was just described by Rick Bennell is Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, a lead dog on offense. And he might honestly be the only lead dog on offense in this whole draft. He is. The only guy with that potential. We've talked about it not being a great draft in comparison to some recent drafts, and it's not a star-filled draft. That's the guy that probably does it. If you're comparing a guy, as some have, to a Dwayne Wade, Donovan Mitchell-type guard, then he's got the highest ceiling of anybody in the draft. I don't deny that. My question has been, if he's going to be that good, does he get away from Minnesota? Does he get past number two, whether that's Golden State? Maybe they trade it. I don't know. But if a guy's got that high of a ceiling in what is considered a weak draft, I don't know if he's going to slip to three or not. That's you, been my, my feeling. On you that. need a scandal. You need something negative here. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to plan anything here, y'all, but I need. we need something, all right? It's not a bad we idea. We need something to make his stock drop, and I wanted to get him at number three. So what could, what could happen with him? bone he develops a fungus all over his body somehow um that probably won't do it what will get him to number three bone you got any light-hearted scandals nothing too serious you know um, what i mean trying to think of our <laughs> body body fungus is a little extreme especially in 2020 i'm not still, sure they'd that's... still draft them i'm yeah. sure they'd still draft them number one overall um you probably if the knicks were taking a top uh, if the knicks were picking one or two that he'd get by them probably that's, that's what not I'm possible saying. though you need sheer incompetence but golden state's not going to be incompetent in front of us now they may not pick at number two with golden golden state still in the midst of a dynasty here they sort of got to redo some things to keep it going but do they pick at number two do they does do they trade out of that? I don't know. That's interesting to watch what happens there, too. All right, so here's the question. Does anybody else have the ability to be what Rick Bunnell said, that can be a number one option and be the lead dog for a team that advances in the playoffs? Or is this draft? Like, there's a lot of people, too, that are chiming in, Bone, saying, admit it, we're moving up in a bad draft. 
And there's something to be said for that. I just don't want to go there today. That's why I'm snapping at people today, Bone, because I don't want to go to that space. But it's a <laughs> today, realistic just, but it's a realistic opinion though. You're getting mad at it, but it's a it's a realistic opinion though. It's not it's not but if, crazy. Isn't, but isn't this like I, I just feel like people just want to be hornets sticking the muds all the time. I don't think I've been that's dealing true. With, I've been dealing with it since the Bobcats started, right? Why people told us way back when the Bobcats started in 04 they're not watching. I'm not watching the games. I don't care about NBA basketball. We didn't even want this arena oh, in town. I think like, people been, I think people want you to be open minded though. Like I I don't think people are arguing about ball. Some people are, but well, the ball thing we're getting ready Edwards, to argue Edwards about. Edwards and Ball are are, are thought to be one too, I think people are saying, Mac, you're not liking anyone past those two guys. You're no, because I want one of those guys to drop. But That's what the, I'm saying. But they're, they're the third pick, though. So yes. if, they, if those so guys we, aren't there, who do you like after that? But That's, it's it's not like I'm at nine saying I want one of those two guys to drop. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about because that, that's see, it's just different perspective. I came into today's show wanting to say, who do you want to fall to three? That's the way I wanted to come in and talk with Hornets fans. Bone came into the show saying, when the two best players are taken, who's your third guy? I mean, and, and I, is and it's just a different attitude. That's just my way of looking like, at it. Like, I'm, I, you, I, I, I'm not saying I don't like those two guys if they're a Hornet, but I'm saying there's got to be more options than two when you're the third pick. I understand that. Okay, glad we understand LaMelo Ball seems to be very polarizing. Would you take him at number three? I'm not a huge Melo Ball fan. I don't think I would take him at number three. I don't think I would. I haven't. Obviously, we haven't seen enough of him. Why not? Because I'm trying to figure out what the reasons are other than his dad. That's what I'm trying to. His dad and his broke bleep jumper of his brother. Those are those are the two things I'm seeing right now. He's a Panther creator. Fan. He's a playmaker. But in this day and age in the NBA, at six foot seven, when you don't shoot well from the outside, we see the problems that Philadelphia has with Ben Simmons. Right, I'm taller than him, but we see the problems that Ben Simmons is a a good player. But at the number two or three pick in the draft, if he's Ben Simmons, is that good enough? You've got to be able to have a shot now in the NBA from the outside, basically one through five with some exceptions. If you're a, if you're a creator and you can't shoot, isn't that going to be a problem going forward? He shot 77% for the free throw line. So I think there's hope. I think there's hope that there's a stroke there. 29% from three, though. But so is Anthony Edwards, and I think most people seem to think that he's going to be able to shoot it. And I'm not saying Ball is the shooter of Anthony Edwards, but Ball does things, Bone, that are special. Like, I just, my my whole thing with LaMelo Ball, and and honestly, I want to know what you guys think, because it seems like LaMelo is so polarizing. Like, if LaMelo Ball comes to Charlotte, are you excited? I just think people are just, because he didn't play college basketball here, I think people are looking at two things. His dad is a pain in the rear and a bit has a big mouth. And I think people are looking at his brother and they seem to think he's disappointing. Although I still think his brother's a pretty good basketball player, but I think this kid, oh, he's good. Th- th- he's good. Like Jay Billis, like Mike Schmitz called him. Mike Schmitz is the lead draft guy for ESPN says, this is the highest upside to draft like six, seven great length. Handles the rock like that. Like, watch the video of his handle, man. I've seen it. It is so fluid. It, it just watch the herky jerky nature of his game. Like, he's not the most explosive dude, but just watch the craftiness and the herky jerky and the change of pace. Like, I, I just, I just think he is. He and Anthony Edwards are the two best talents in this draft. I think. And if one of them drops to three, and that includes Ball. I would love for them to 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 jump at the opportunity. I think I think he would work great with Devontae Graham too, because of his size. Like he's six seven bone, so he is guarding bigs on the other or big guards on the other end. 
And Devontae can guard that point guard, even if Devontae is off the ball. He rebounds well. He's played with grown men. He played with older kids all his life. His dad had him playing with kids Lonzo's age throughout his childhood. I think this kid has been through it. He's been to Lithuania and back and to Australia. I think he's mature because of that. I think he was mature enough to stand up to his dad and say, I don't want to be a part of this stupid big baller brand thing at a very young age. Doesn't it not worry you, though, that there's recent examples of guys that entered the league as top three picks? Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball. Uh, Simmons and, and Ball, I'm not saying they're not good players, but from where they were selected, Fultz, Lonzo Ball and Ben Simmons all entered the league, and Fultz's shot broke when he got to the league. Simmons has no shot. Lonzo Ball's not a great shooter. Doesn't it not worry that there's recent examples of a guy in his own family? Guys have entered this, this kid's better than Lonzo. Guys I'm have, telling you, this guys kid's have entered, better. Guys have entered this league recently with broke shots, and it has not worked out as well as we thought it would for them. This that kid scares scores me. better than Lonzo, man. Don't compare him to Lonzo. This kid is going to be better. Well, that's the natural comparison. The he is the best. He's the best that's what ball. we're going off. Of. He's the best ball around, Boney. You look at all the balls, all right? I know LeVar will tell you Excuse he's the me? greatest ball that's ever balled, okay? But t- this is the best ball. Do not sit there and say he's going to be his brother. Listen to what a guy like Mike Schmidt says, who analyzed all these players and says this is the highest upside. And you wouldn't take the highest upside at three when we're star for stars? If he's got the highest upside, why would Minnesota or a team not try to get the two together? Because not, because somebody— if he's, not, if he's what you just said boom. he is, if he's just what you said— I give up. I'm done. No, I'm, but I'm, I give I'm done. up. I'm done. I'm done. Bone, Dunzo. You, Dunzo. I'm a clown right now. My name is Dunzo. I'm Dunzo the clown. I, I just, Bone is killing me today. I literally came in here so excited to do radio, and Bone is sapping me of my joy and enthusiasm for life. Like, I just, Boney, you don't think it's possible to get the best player in the draft at number three or to get a better player at number three than number two. All we need is one team to pick their MKG, <laughs> and we get Bradley Beal. Like, yeah, because that works out so well for us. History tells us that's going to happen for us, that we're not going to take the MKG. History told us we would. That's another guy. History MKG. told us. What am I thinking? We yeah. had MKG also in that part of the draft. His shot never manifested itself oh, to the he NBA. Did not. He was not offensive skilled like I'm this. I'm just saying, just because a guy is young, offensive just cause a guy is young and can't shoot doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's going to get to the league and the shot's going to fall. Also, there's a defensive liability, as people pointing out, with Lamella Ball. Oh, yeah, there is. There's a question. There's a question about Edwards' defense. Um, but there's, there's no a question, question about your boy Wiseman's offense. But there's no question about his defense, though. No, the seven six wingspan. No, but I like I, I this team needs somebody to make a difference and initiate offense to get the ball in their hands and just initiate. That's what we need. Wiseman's not going to initiate. Wiseman's going to be a guy that needs other people to get him the ball. You know, but he he's he's also 18 years old in development. If, if, if Wiseman's DeAndre Ayton and he's at three, Ayton's starting to develop into a very good player. If he is Ayton. And you get him at three. It's, I mean, that's pretty. Wiseman was Aiden. Well, Wiseman before we got to Memphis was the number one overall pick in this draft. He was. Now he had some problems at Memphis. He didn't play at Memphis, but three games. But if Wiseman, it's a lot of unknown. If Wiseman plays at a lot Memphis, of unknown with all these. Here's dudes. the thing: if Wiseman plays at Memphis and he gets to March Madness, that's the thing too about this year. We didn't have March Madness. There's a lot of guessing here more than usual. If Wiseman plays at Memphis, I'm pretty sure that he's not dropping the three. There's a plays lot of guessing. By the way, I just I just think Bone, you're just your feeling is the top two players will go one two, and we got to take the third best. My whole thing is it's happened before. Players have been drafted after the good ones. Usually it happens reverse, right? With us, 
But you can get a better player than the one that is drafted. That's why I'm trying to talk about let's, all the options. Like top in and wise. I'm not just sticking let's to Let's go two to here. Angelo. Let's go to Angelo. Angelo, what's going on? So good debate. But I'm going to say this. Recent history, we drafted a guy from Connecticut that was six foot one who had a broke jump. Now he has, he has a pure jumper in Kimball Walker. That's a good point. So I think when, so I think when you go to ball, I think you, you know, that kid has the work ethic. I've, I've seen that. Um, just seeing, you know, you know, just the highlights and seeing, you know, yeah. YouTube and stuff like that. You can see the kid has to work at it. But I will say this: I would not take ball uh, because I don't think taking ball is is worth everything that comes with it, as far as the baggage is concerned. Um, Charlotte is a smaller market, and you already know his father's not going. You know, you know, with that coming with, you know, with, with the elder father, you know, smaller market's not going to work for him. But I will say this: that- I think Wiseman, to me personally, um, is to me, is the best pick in the draft over Edwards and over over Ball. Okay, well, and, and Bone, I know, call, I know Bone likes Wiseman. I think he started the call very good for me, Boney, uh, saying that you can work on your jumper, improve your jumper, look at Kemba Walker. He ended the call by saying, I don't want your guy anyway, though, Mac. So it was kind of a roller coaster ride for me there, that phone call. One guy that can shoot, our guy Devontae Graham of your Charlotte Hornets. Up next with Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. <laughs> The guys are clearly clueless. So is it surprising they need your help? Please give it to them. It's time for Ask the Audience on the Mac Attack. Sports Radio FNZ. All right, we're going to move things around here, and we're going to uh, move our Ask the Audience segment up uh, a little smidgen. We are also uh, going to talk to Devontae Graham at 920. All right. So instead of 840, we're going to talk to Devontae at 920. We will talk with uh, Paul B. and Cardi, ESPN college hoops guru and recruiting guru. And by the way, the fact that he's a recruiting guru, Bone, and he just studied all these guys, right? That like 20, are in the 20, mix minutes, for the like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> he's going to be perfect to talk to about these players. He lives in Charlotte, too. He's a friend of the show. He's coming on at 9 o'clock. So there's going to be a lot of draft content and uh we're gonna ask the audience here and we'll get your feedback uh, i have a personal question I, first of all i just want to tell a story that is gross and hilarious about my dog and then we'll do a couple of maybe hornets related ask the audience okay. questions here as well okay and i know we got people jumping in so it, this could be a tax call you know we, we we're gonna we're gonna get feedback from you guys on any of these questions i'm asking in this segment the first one boney i've got to tell this story of what of what happened with me and my dog rocket the other day and i have two dogs bacon is the slightly more mature older one rocket is just i mean we even spent like over a thousand dollars on training for this full and he is still out of control. Can't coach right? him up? Can't coach him up? No. It's, uh, it's uncoachable. You know what I'm saying? He's like Dennis Rodman, this dog. <laughs> so anyway, I he um, we're on the couch, and it's the Laker game is on. Game one, not game two, where the Lakers were able to put me to bed very quickly because it was a rout. But game one, I'm like, I got to watch this, man. I got to try to stay up. So sometimes when I stay up late, and I got to get up 3.30, whenever I wake up in the morning, I'll go get some sheets. I'll put them on the couch. I know everybody's going to laugh at me because I'm sleeping on the couch. And I, I, and I will sleep on the couch. All right? This is not Mrs. Mac kicking me out or anything. I know you guys are going to want to make it about that. It's not what this is. Are you okay, Mac? Uh, yes, everything's fine. But I'll just put sheets on the couch. I'll be like, I- I'm just going to sleep here. Pass out here. Sleep for fall. fall if I fall asleep in the middle of the game trying to stay up, I- I'll just I'll set my alarm on my phone. Okay? So I go. I have my sheets there. And I put Rocket in his crate, and I'm getting ready to lay down and just watch like the last 10 minutes of the game. 
I stretch out my, my hoofs, right, my feet and everything, and I feel something really mushy down there by my, by my leg. Oh, God. And I'm like, what the heck is down there? And I thought it was like a dog toy. Like sometimes they'll leave their, you know, like they'll chew on a dog toy. It'll be all slobbery. Yeah. Bone, I go and start pulling through these sheets I laid down like 10, 15 minutes before that. And let, I shouldn't let Rocket lay on them. But he was laying on these sheets. And somehow in that 15-minute span, the dude did number two. I'm laying there with a turd in, under the sheets with me. Oh, no. As I'm trying to lay down oh, to watch no. the game and then go to sleep. Oh, no. It was the grossest thing ever, dude. I jumped off that couch so fast. I mean, I was, like, frightened. Like, the thing was attacking me or something. That's how I jumped off this couch. Like you got shot. It was disgusting. There was a stain on the sheets. Oh, I had to throw the sheets. I had to get rid of the sheets, put them up there for the laundry. He, that was gross. And I don't know how someone does that. Like, how does a dog do that? He's just laying there chilling on the couch and underneath sheets, and he leaves a present for you. He kind of hit it on you there, huh? Like, I don't under, yeah, it just kind of tucks it away, and you deal with it when you put your hoofs under there. Uh, there's also a chance, based off your history and what we know of you, that you're blaming something on the dog that you may have done. <laughs> no, I, now I do do that when there's gas. When there yeah. is a stench, oh. I, I've been known to uh, blame the dog. I have been known and to they try. Can't, they can't fight back. But I feel like every man has done that, right? Try to blame the dog and see uh, if, if they get away with it. Not poor little Mabel. See if they get away. Well, you don't have anybody to blame it to. It's just you two sitting there. But I'm saying, like, if my kids are like, hey, what's that? Oh, yeah, that was bacon. You know, I use that trick. Here's my question. Come on. Has, <laughs> does anybody else have stories of dogs doing something that is either gross and entertaining or just flat out hilarious? Uh, like, do you have any funny dog stories? Because that one, if you're not, if that wasn't your foot and leg touching that, that yeah. I have to think that's pretty funny. There was a time Mabel had a stomach issue like a year ago when I didn't notice it in the bathroom and I stepped on a barefoot. That's a problem. That's an issue. Yeah. So I've had that. She didn't hide it in her sheet, but I yeah. I wasn't paying attention and I and I felt the same like, oh no. And then I acted like I was a, a gunshot victim. I ran around the apartment. Uh, it's 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 not a good scene. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. I'm asking the audience here on the Mac Attack. I got two Hornets related questions. I will ask the audience in a couple of minutes. Uh Devontae Graham at nine twenty, by the way. Uh and the first question, I'm telling the story of my dog leaving me a little number two present under sheets that I then laid down at to go to sleep. And I discovered it, and it was it was nasty, but I couldn't stop laughing. Have you have you had a dog do something gross or funny? Just it could just be funny and non gross. I'm just looking for to laugh at other people's dogs instead of my own. Uh, yeah, Mac, I have a story of when I was younger, something like this happened to me. We were um, going to, when I lived in Pennsylvania. We were coming down here to visit my aunt and uncle um, for Thanksgiving. First night we are here visiting, their dog went number one all in my suitcase over every single pair of clothes that I had brought for that was entire it, weekend. It was one, covered then in pee. Did the oh. urination happen on Bill's clothes? Oh, that's rough. I mean, I was like 10, so that, yeah, probably. Yeah, okay, good. Good job uh, on the dog. I imagine that, though. That you, is rough. That, I had to wear the same clothes literally all weekend long. That, that is, yeah. Oh, that's right. There's nothing you do about it? Nothing. I mean, I, we tried to wash them, but like it was still like smelly and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's pretty gross. This dude says, did it make contact? Did number two make contact with Oh, yeah, I mushed it. Wasn't adjacent. I like mushed it down on my leg. Oh my I had to God, wash my boy. leg and throw away the and get rid of the sheets. Don't, don't 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 do that. Don't do that. And it's like eleven ten at night, and I'm doing this, man. I yelled at that dog. And the thing is, what good does yelling at the dog do? He doesn't know why I'm yelling at him. 
They're not smart. He's not. Unless, do you think a dog's smart enough to know I got that, that son of a gun? No, but you got <laughs> When you yell at them, they know something's wrong. So in the future, they may not do that again. But he won't be able to connect it to, though. Got to be stern with But them. he won't be able to connect it to. Gotta show him. He say, no, doggy, no. I, it's 20 minutes since he did it. He already forgot he oh, did yeah, it. Oh, he was gone. So, you know what I mean? So I'll yell at him and he'll be like freaked out. Like, why is this crazy yeah, man he, yelling at me? He won't remember he dropped off a, a, a present for me under the sheet. He, he already <laughs> committed three crimes since that one in 20 minutes. All right. So here's the next, so another question, too. If it's not gross dog tales, funny dog stories, too. Like, for example, rest in peace, previous dog, Benny, that we had. Yeah, um, uh, This is back before we had a fence. You had to take the dogs out on a leash. My wife had Benny out on a leash, and he saw two kids running by our yeah. yard, took off, and my wife goes flying and goes skidding. She's still holding the leash, by the way. Is being pulled along the grass down the hill. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, she's in her work clothes. She just got home from work. Let me tell you, have you have y'all ever seen something funny happen to your wife or girlfriend? And she is so mad about something that has happened to her, but you can't help from laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I'm over there dying laughing and trying to cover my face. She is sliding down the hill as the dog is dragging her, and she is not letting go of the lead. She put up a good fight. I got It's like a jockey that is on a wild horse and just will not vacate the horse. You know, when, when I was younger, we had a yellow lab named Alex who used to go around the neighborhood and steal stuff from neighbors' garages and whatnot. He'd just pr go around the neighborhood and he'd come back with a he came back with a bunch of stuff. One day, I got home from school in the driveway. There was a winter jacket, uh, a pair of shoes, uh, a pair of pa there was a whole outfit in the driveway. I said, "Mom," I called her. I said, "Mom, uh, I'm home from school. There's a there's all this stuff in the driveway." She said, "Great. Where's the kid?" Like, where's the, I said, I don't know. There's no kid here, but there's a bunch of clothes here. So we got worried that he may have done something to a kid. Turns, <laughs> out, turns out it was just the clothes. Ooh, the kid was fine. That's good. That's good. A lot of people saying things their dog eats. This guy says their dog ate the whole Christmas dinner. Isn't that the Christmas story thing? Yeah, it is. That's right? a movie. Oh, that's a, a bunch that's of dogs. A, that's came. a movie. I, um, yeah, that's, I could see how that could happen because dogs don't stop. They make themselves sick. My I get a whole laundry list of stuff. My dog, my dogs eat better than y'all. I'm telling you right now, my dogs dine like kings because they search those counter. They they surf those counters on us. Bo. Maybe he got excited about the Hornets' third pick. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to kill Joy. Those dogs were pumped up last night, Bone. They weren't kill Joys about this draft pick. All right, let's do that. I've got a couple of Hornets questions too on Ask the Audience as well. Uh, but dog stories, something your dog did that made you laugh and, and, and you can contribute something to this segment. Don't make my messed up dog's poo story be the only one. Um, and then I got a couple of Hornets questions I will ask, too. And by the way, nine o'clock hour is all Hornets talk. Paul B. and Cardi ESPN to break down all the draft guys. And then Devontae Graham at 920. Matt is up next with a story of some sort here and ask the audience. What do you got, Matt? Uh, real quick, Wiseman's the pick. <laughs> James, Wise, James Wiseman's your guy? Yeah, look at him. Look at him. All right, anyway, go ahead. Uh, dog story. Uh, this is a dog and a toddler uh, diaper story. Uh-oh. Oh, jeez. Uh, two-year-old, this is a few years ago, my two-year-old, you know, poop diaper, change him, uh, and he bolts, you know, before I have a time to wrap up the diaper. The dog jumps up on the couch, starts eating the contents, of the diaper. Oh, oh man. my God! They don't... No, that's bad. No, two minutes later, it comes back up. Oh man! Oh, you had us. I've been through three kids, number of dogs. There's a lot of disgusting things that's ever happened. That is the worst. Dude, you had a you. Were you there by yourself at this point handling this? Uh, my wife was, but we were both trying not. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a mess. You say that's bad. Try that's being lovely. Try being a Knicks fan. <laughs> it's very similar. Very similar results. A lot of people do think, Bone, that you might be upset today because your Knicks dropped down, and that's no. not why you're meeting I'm, my Hornets I'm, move up enthusiasm. I'm not even really that even that upset about anything today. You're the one that's been yelling at me since six one today. No, I've been in a good mood. I just can't. I just every time I try to say something, you snap. No, over there. that's not true, man. Well, uh, man okay. Could it be because I had a traumatic week? Where my dog Rocket pooed under my covers? Is it possible, Bone? <laughs> Think about Is it, it possible that it scarred me a little bit, okay? Think about what that dog sees every day. <laughs> this dude says, I almost did that under my covers last night when I realized the Hornets actually had luck. <laughs> dude, I don't know about y'all. And, and, and this leads me to the second Ask the Audience question I was going to ask yeah. you in this segment. When was the last time Charlotte Sports had good luck? Like, we just... We're just not the best sports city, <laughs> but gosh darn it, we're passionate, and we, we're not the luckiest sports city. Like, what's the last example, and I'm asking everybody in the audience, including you and Preps, the last example of genuine good fortune from a sports standpoint for us? Well, what about the guy at 920 this morning, Devontae Graham? So the fact that he dropped Devontae that far, Graham, a guy like that's available. Devontae Graham's second-round pick, our superstar player, the best player in franchise history, leaves. Devontae steps in, and I'm not going to say he's a superstar, but Devontae has become a really good player, still growing. So that's luck right there, that a guy was there to replace Kemba Walker. He's not Kemba, but certainly a building block to the future. I think Devontae Graham fits that more. That's part luck, and that's part skill, right? That's Mitch yep. Kupchak's skill to be able to be the one that picks him, because a bunch of other cats could have picked him. I'm trying to think good luck for the Panthers. I mean, Matt Rule wasn't good luck. David Tepper opened up a checkbook and made him the sixth highest paid coach in the NFL before he coached a game in the NFL. Like that that's what happened yeah. there. Now I guess you can say we're lucky David Tepper wanted to buy the team and he's worth twelve billion and able to afford Matt Rule. So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the but I'm like it's an honest question. Like, what are recent examples of actual Charlotte sports luck? Because and, and good luck, because we've had bad I mean, luck. Gano's, like Cam's injuries are bad freaking luck. Gano's field goal, all that led up to that. I mean, that moment there. There was a lot of things that had to happen for so you that. You gotta go back a few years. You gotta go for back to an up. actual sports in-game moment. Graham Gano's the things that led up to that, the the perfect storm of things that had to happen. So that's one for sure. Let me go to uh let's see, Drew wants to jump in here. Drew, what's going on, man? Matt, how are we doing, baby? I'm doing good, man. I'm happy. Other than what my dog did under the covers the other night to me, I am very happy about what's going on with the Hornets. This is the happiest I've been as a Hornets fan since we won Game 5 in Miami in 2016. Are you kidding me? Four years. That's what. I, that's a good way. I was trying to think of when the last time I have felt this hopeful is. By the way, real quick, because we were up against it, who do you want at number – like, who do you want to fall to three? has to be LaMelo Ball. Just think about the, not only the small ball lineup with Graham and Paul Washington at five, but also the city as a whole needs a superstar. No more Cam. We got to have a guy. I think he's got that potential, man. The call, Drew. I think he's got that potential to be a star. Um, and that's a good point. Because I like the idea of small ball bridges at the four and PJ at the five. I think it could work. I know a lot of people are down on it. There's no positions anymore anyways. Anyway, we will. by the way, the Ask the Audience, all your answers to Ask the Audience, we'll make sure we'll delve back into those towards the end of the show. Next up, though, we got to spend the next half hour talking Hornets. Devontae Graham at 920, Paul Biancardi. What does he think of all these guys we're debating? It's coming up next.